0: hey guys welcome back to another episode before we get into it this episode is brought to you by happy valley who strives to give everyone the premium cannabis experience by providing consistent quality products and exceptional customer service it was founded by long-time cannabis consumers who are frustrated with the industry's erratic experiences and lack of accountability Guys, they really do have some of the best in Massachusetts. I was honestly giving up on dispensary flour because the quality I was getting was just not there. But with Happy Valley, they cured their cannabis flour for two weeks or more to provide an enhanced terpene profile, ideal moisture ratio, and increased psychotropic potency. Their pre rolls are filled with ground flour, never trim. And for my cannabis connoisseurs out there, you can easily tell how big of a difference that makes. Didn't get that promotion you wanted? Happy Valley. Your crush left you on red? Try Happy Valley. (laughs) Not only in the stressful times, but in the good times when you have the chance to enhance any moment, why not pick up your own stash to enjoy? Visit Happy Valley in East Boston today to get 20% off a single accessory with the promo code DOPE. All right, guys, let's get into it today i am here with dr benjamin kaplan he is a physician md specializing in cannabis medicine based in boston he is the founder and ceo of Ced clinic and cd foundation and under his direction the cd clinic embodies one of the largest clinical labs learning the therapeutic benefits of medical cannabis and amassing a database of longitudinal data and living outcomes from over 16,000 active medical patients. That is truly very impressive. (laughs) That's just the tip of the iceberg. Dr. Kaplan is a very impressive entrepreneur and doing God's work, helping all these people get access to plant medicine. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today in your busy schedule.
1: No, my pleasure. I I, I don't know if we're doing God's work, but I'm (laughs) trying to help people. To me, it's God's work. Doing, doing the right thing. I mean, I think we, you know, we live in a backwards culture and it's nice to, you know, have my hands trying to trying to lift people up.
0: Yes, it's awesome. So let's get it going. What inspired you to become a doctor?
1: Um, my inspiration, my dad is actually a doctor. Not a lot of people know this, but my dad's like a world famous neurologist. Um, oh, wow. You know, if, if a president of some country or, you know, whatever some, some, some big leader, you know, has a, has a stroke. Um, they're going to, they're going to look up my dad. Um, he's written a bookcase full of books, um, you know, speaks all over the world. Um, the books he has written are translated all over the world. It's like, he's an icon. Well, um, but for awesome. my inspiration, he's, you know, he's a, he's a gentle doctor, um, speaks to people um, in their language, on their terms. He's not talking down to people, mm-hmm. Um and you know, obviously, he was an inspiration, but very big shoes to fill.
0: Um, <laughs> well, you're you're following very good, <laughs> well behind <you>. him.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm trying actually. You know, speaking of books, I have a, a book coming out next year um, where the whole punchline is really just to speak to the people um, and help people understand what there is to learn about medical cannabis because there's so much. I mean, I'm you know, ch- chapters uh, one through sixteen of this book are laying out. know, not only where cannabis is coming from, where it is in the big picture, but, you know, illness by illness, from anxiety to sleep stuff, to depression, to seizures, to old age, to dying and how people can, you know, engage with cannabis on on their deathbed. Um, There's a lot to to know about cannabis. Um, A lot of people don't know. Yeah. Um, So my hope is, is, yeah, to follow my dad's footsteps and teach people in simple terms
0: that's amazing like that's what we need we really need someone to write a book write it all out for us and because you know a lot of people are confused about this plant in general and they don't know how it could possibly help them and to be able to have a guideline like that that's that's amazing Mm -hmm. so you decided to become a doctor but what made you decide to focus on cannabis medicine
1: well it's It's a good question. Um, I'm a family doctor, so I'm a generalist by training. Um, You're an old-fashioned primary care doctor, um, the sort of specialist of what's common. Um, There are some doctors who focus on kidneys or some doctors doctors who who focus on the brain, like my dad. Um, I knew I wanted to be available for patients all around. Um, And it wasn't so much that I couldn't make up my mind, um, but I loved obstetrics. I loved delivering babies. But then, oh. but then I didn't want to give that up. Like as soon as they, the babies are, are, are old enough, you know, I want to take care of them too. And, and pediatrics is really important to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but then I love older adults and I love geriatrics. I love kind of everybody at different stages. Um, so I, I really initially set out to be a primary care doctor because I love so many different types of, of illnesses and, and the way that we think about things. Um, and then you know, in my practice, you know, I practiced at one of the leading hospitals in, in Massachusetts, um, primary care practice in a suburb, um, talking to patients. And I'm, I'm a pretty liberal guy. Um, I encourage patients to open up about all kinds of things, um, you know, whether it's the depths of their illness and the things they're doing that they shouldn't be doing or their sexuality or, you know, their confusion or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and of course, people would open up to me about their their cannabis use. Um, but here I was sitting across the table from people Um and they're telling me about this thing, which is helping them. And, and you know, almost 100% of the time, it's, it's useful for people um, that I was talking to. But I knew nothing about it, you know, and, and I'm supposed to be the expert here. To educate them. But here I was kind of learning from my patients. And I thought, wow, this is awesome. What a cool opportunity, you know, to dive in and see what it's all about. So I did that. And, you know, I was, I was pretty green out of medical school. Um, and one of the things they teach you in medical school is how to learn more. Um, you know, medicine is not a fixed thing. It changes over time as we right. learn more, as, you know, new scientific studies come out, as new illnesses pop up and we're trying to understand them, you have to keep learning. Yep. Um, so I did what I was taught and I, I, I ran um, searches in, in the medical search engines about cannabis literature. And of course I grew up thinking, oh, there's nothing there. Like there's no good literature. That's what everybody says. And that's such baloney. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there, there's more literature about medical cannabis than there is about the common cold. Yeah, I mean, like, like 10 times as much, not even a small, massive amount of literature. And part of that is because cannabis is just a freak production facility, this natural kind of pharmaceutical plant, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: literally plant, but also like, you know, this thing which makes pharmaceuticals. Um, And it it, it captures over 600 molecules that are already out in nature. You know, if you're walking in the forest, like if you're going mountain biking or something in the forest what you, when you smell pine needles what you're smelling is a compound called alpha pinene or beta mm-hmm. um and guess what cannabis produces that too
0: yeah and that's you know, my favorite stalking. terpene actually pinene <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah.
1: it's it's a, it's a it's an interesting one and and actually when you when you smell pinene just like if you're walking in the forest you want to kind of take a deep breath and it feels good you feel like you're in nature you feel like you can kind of fill your lungs with oxygen um and actually it does have bronchodilating features, it, it, it um, opens up your airways. Um,
0: yes, So it actually, I have asthma. And I was, I, I feel like I've said this in multiple of my podcasts, but I keep having to share it, especially with a doctor here. But um, I had this cough that would not go away. Like I got sick. And it was that just really annoying cough, like all the time. I tried every medicine I could. And I was scared to, you know, smoke. So I was like, Oh, what if you know, it's gonna make it worse. But then I remembered I had a strain in my vape called XJ13, and it's high in pinene. And I remembered reading all about pinene, how it can expand to bronchodilator, all that stuff. Like, you know what? Let me just try it. And I hit it uh, once and twice, gone completely. Like my cough erased like the rest of the day. I I didn't even know how to react. I was laughing like, oh, my God, I can't believe this works. But I noticed it it matters on the type of cough I have of how good it can, you know, take away my cough. Cause sometimes it'll help me breathe completely if I'm like wheezing for the day, but then like the effects will, you know, slowly go away. And I have a feeling it's because there's just not enough pinene in the strains. I don't know. Like, but it does amazing things. (laughs) So when did you decide to, um, make the CD clinic and how are you able to bring aboard so many patients?
1: Um, so I, I, so I was the chief medical officer of, um, a much bigger company before the seed clinic. Um, it's, mm. it's now been been bought and sold a few times. It's, it's no longer really, um, as much of a tower as it was. Um, but I jumped on, um, Oh, five or six years ago. Um, and, I was just there to learn. I mean, there, this, this company was supervising hundreds of thousands of people, like 250,000 people. Wow. Um, and so I immediately got to be, you know, put in this hot seat where I could learn about what patients were coming in, why they were coming in. And then, you know, my hope was to follow them over time and see kind of what I could learn. What is cannabis actually doing for them? Um, the sad part about it for me was, was, um, some of the doctors that I worked with, um, were really kind of burned out from their old careers. Like mm-hmm. they jumped onto cannabis, maybe they were hippies, maybe they thought, <laughs> hey, everybody should have access, whatever, <laughs> but they weren't They weren't really academics. They weren't really like serious about the medicine um, mm-hmm. in the way that I was. I was still kind of young and, and interested in learning, hungry to learn, uh, but also hungry to give back. Um, yeah. You know, and like anybody, you know, when you're doing a job for, for years and years, and many of the doctors who do cannabis medicine, you know, are retired physicians, um, it gets, you get burned out and and they're worked hard and they're, you know, physicians are not respected in the way that they used to and it's sort of emotionally tolling. Um, but I was kind of really disheartened by the, by the doctors around me. Um, and I thought, okay, you know, this sucks, but at least I can, you know, maybe, maybe give them information to teach other people and kind of get the, get the balls rolling. Maybe we'll have a journal club and learn together because this stuff is pretty exciting. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, we're in a world that's kind of overcome with opiate addiction or benzodiazepine addictions and obesity and anxiety and all these things that that cannabis really addresses magnificently. And and what physician or anybody, what, you know, who's not going to say that thinking, oh my God, like, this is, this is crazy. This needs to be everywhere. Everybody Mm -hmm. needs to hear about this and see if it's, if it's right for them. Anyway, so I tried to kind of enthuse the people around me. um, And it was just the total, like, crickets, like just nobody, nobody was into it. Um, and I, I decided, you know, I didn't want to deal with that. It that wasn't, I just felt so, 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 so dark to me <laughs> as a young, like shining doctor. Um, so I started seed clinic, um, and the, and the goal is to be, you know, a center for academic interest and evidence-based medicine. Um, just like, you know, if you have a skin issue, you're going to go to a dermatologist. You're probably not going to go to the hick dermatologist, you know, in, 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 whatever, in some slum, yeah. um, you go to the the best um, dermatologist you can find, or, or, you know, these days, whatever's available. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to make, you know, a cannabis option for that, where it's really the best that you can find. Um, and so seed clinic, you know, really hit a, hit a nerve for people. Um, there, there are a lot of people who, who felt like, you know, these doctors, the doctors that they were seeing, you know, didn't care just like, you know, my, I'd observed. Um, And then people really connected with the mission, you know, which is to help people to help understand what medicines they're on, what therapies they're already doing and not kind of revolutionize things, but help them understand where they can go from. Um, And, and, you know, I think that's, that's where cannabis will end up. Um, Cannabis medicine is a normal part of, of the medical world. It's just not been studied. It's not been understood for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, But in, you know, I, I would think 10, maybe 15 years, it's going to be part of um, the traditional medical practice.
0: Yes, I really truly hope so. <laughs> because I I was getting nervous because I knew like, if I told my doctor about my cannabis use, he would not understand and probably judge me because I also have asthma. and He's probably going to be like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I, remember I reached out to you. I was like, do I need to go to my actual doctor? And you're like, no, that's me. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you, yeah, you yeah, understand.
1: The sad sad state is, yeah, like even traditional doctors are not forget the doctors that are kind of interested in cannabis or in that space. You know, traditional doctors are still very much in the dark. Oh, yeah. Uh, But the cool thing, the cool thing about it is they're hearing from droves of people like everybody's kind of nervous. Like, hey, do I talk to my doctor? Is this okay? Am I doing something? I'm going to get punished or banned or something. Um, But the doctors are hearing from droves of people. And so much that they're kind of put in this weird place where they have to know about it. And it's clearly helping people. These aren't, these aren't people complaining about it. They're complaining mm-hmm. about the medicines they're getting yeah. and, and, and and there's a joy getting off of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they, the culture has really moved the needle with, with cannabis in, a, in an awesome way.
0: Definitely. So what are some of the top conditions that people get their med, med cards for?
1: Oh, wow. Um so it's an interesting question because we we like to think about cannabis medicine in the same way that we think about kind of other medicine. Mm-hmm. Like if your arm hurts, what medicine is going to fix your arm pain? Or, you know, if you have high blood pressure, what medicine is going to address that? Um, cannabis is actually a fundamental part of what it means to be a being. I mean, animals upwards of little insects, you know, rodents, birds, reptiles, all these animals have endocannabinoid systems. Um, so it's a really fundamental puzzle piece of what it means to be alive Um, so from that perspective you know every animal has to have a drive to eat or a drive to sleep or hopefully a sense of joy although unfortunately most people don't think (laughs) about animals as having joy yeah um but but all of these things are are part of the endocannabinoid system um so you know the question what what illnesses are addressed well with cannabis everything is because there's no illness which doesn't engage in the endocannabinoid system. Um, the most common things that people come to cannabis for um, are things like, you know, difficulty sleeping, um, stress, anxiety, um, pain, chronic pain is a big one, but, you know, even short-term pain, you know, is, is, a, is an important one. Um, there are a lot of issues also that are not well addressed by traditional medicine. Um, so chronic pain, you know, people that are on addictive medicines don't want to be you know, they they, they see right. the news about people dying and they're, you know, they're terrified of that. They want alternatives. So a lot of those mm-hmm. people, um, you know, plenty of people with cancer where they're also feeling not only stressed and depressed sort of, and not sleeping, it's kind of all that, but, you know, but they want some solution for their, their cancer because that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are a lot of conditions really across the whole spectrum of medicine um, where cannabis is useful. Um, it's just a matter of sort of, fine tuning the cannabis itself to match the person um, that wants it. Um, And that matching process is that's my specialty.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's actually really crazy. I I find new things every day, like new conditions, cannabis can help with. I know a friend who's gotten off benzodiazepines with cannabis. Like it can really replace a lot of like terrible drugs. So it's interesting to see how it can work with each person. So for example, for a person with pain, What kind of product would you recommend them for like a a muscle pain? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, so if this is another one of those scenarios where it's not quite like this pill or that lotion does, you know, arm pain, well, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a way of understanding the market, um, that brings up certain choices and 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 the market is changing the market's a baby market. I mean we're not going to have the market that we have right now even in five years. I mean we're oh, already yeah. starting to see you know major evolution mm-hmm. um, but right now the market as it is sells almost I don't know 95 percent THC They're in the business of THC yep um, but then if you look to the sort of online market, um, CBD and hemp um, are you know wildfire there they can't sell THC so you have CBD on the one hand, you have THC on the other. Um, those represent two molecules in this plant, as I was alluding to, that has five, 600 different compounds. Um, so really, like, this is a drop in the bucket compared to what cannabis can be. Yes. Um, but thinking about the market as it is, um, you have choices of different formulations. There's there's drinks now, there's licorice and candy, there's... Um, there's pill form. There's things you can breathe in. You know, how does someone in pain figure out all that? Um, I, I break it down into into three basic decision points, um, and these are these are obviously part of the the book that's coming out to help people understand in detail. But the high level is basically the first decision is thinking about how the timing is that you want. You know, for some people, pain is a daily thing, all day long. They just want something to give them a cushion. To survive. Mm-hmm. For other people, pain comes and goes. It's not there all the time. Um, so having something which is lasting all day long might be too much. Um, so there's a timing, short acting, long lasting, that you can you can basically match with different types of products. Um, some cannabis that you buy at a store will last a long time. Some cannabis works quickly and doesn't last very long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's decision number one. Decision number two is thinking about the euphoric effects. Um, some people love feeling a little levity. They want to feel joy. They're sick of being in pain. Um, other people, no way they think I don't want to be anything. That's not perfectly sober and exactly who I am. And I love being and grumpy. And this is-. <laughs> and that's fine. Power tool. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I, I, it's a little bit, I mean, I'm making fun of it a little bit, uh, you know, on purpose. Um, I think all of us want to feel joy, but we live in a culture that's kind of demonized pleasure.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, from many different angles. Um, But I think, you know, anyway, there are people who are who they are. They like either feeling intoxicated or not. Uh, That's really decision number two. You can dial that in or out as much as you want. Um, Decision three is the sort of energy stimulation that comes with the products. Um, Some of them are um, more relaxing, more calming, more nighttime appropriate. Um, Other products are much more stimulating a little bit like coffee would be, or, you know, give you get up and go uh, daytime appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, And when someone thinks about their needs, okay, my pain is once in a while, I don't need something that's lasting all day. Um, I don't want to be high at all, no way for that. And then, you know, I I really like something for nighttime. I don't want to do anything during the daytime. Already you're, you're kind of limiting the choices at the stores and you can go to the store with that information and be able to pick from a, you know much more manageable selection of choices.
0: Yeah, that's a very good way to put it, like ease the anxiety down a little bit, like, OK, list out what kind of person you are, what you think would fit with you and then go in the store You can ask a butt tender, give you extra insight. But yeah, it's it's not as complicated because, you know, there are not as many choices as there will be in the future. Like you said, I didn't even think about it, like all the hundreds of other compounds that are in this plant, like once they start doing more research on it and discovering the other things that can help with, they're going to start making new products with those new compounds, which could help even more than just, you know, THC CBD yeah. together. So it's, it's really crazy. Oh, and this is a big one. What can people do to avoid anxiety or paranoia from cannabis?
1: It's a great question. It's, it's one of the most common bad experiences that people have with cannabis <laughs> is, is that they end up feeling anxious or paranoid. Um, I would say 90% of the time that is because people are taking too much. Mm -hmm. Um, 10% of the time, it's because of the set and setting, Um, you know, cannabis is going to feel different. um, And sometimes people aren't aware of that, or they take an edible and they think, wait a minute, this should be working right away. And it doesn't work right away. Um, So the timing kind of doesn't match what their expectations, expectations are. Um, But the vast majority of the time, people are just taking too much THC. um, And that's, that can feel weird. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're inhaling something or you're eating something, um, the process where you start feeling stuff happen is inside your body and you're not seeing that happen. It's not like your skin is turning colors or you're starting <laughs> to you know, visualize things. It's happening kind of in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's hard to know what's happening and when it's happening. Um, and if you're feeling new sensations, so THC, for example, hits your heart and when it hits your heart, your heart rate goes up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. That's a normal part of THC. Just like, you know, if you get spooked uh, <laughs> on the streets, you're going to a normal part of being scared is your heart goes up. Yeah. Um, or if you see a beautiful, you know, a beautiful view or a beautiful movie, or you see a beautiful person, sometimes your heart goes up. Um, that's a normal part of being alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you feel that, that sudden change, and, and you, you don't really see colors changing or other things happening, it's kind of happening inside of you, that becomes... Sort of alarming like it's it's strange but then it's hard to attribute where that is mm-hmm. uh, and fear without attribution is the definition of paranoia uh.
0: that's
1: really where paranoia comes from
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the way to manage it is really a to take less THC start slowly you know have amounts which are are almost doing nothing um, but at least get your body familiar with feeling something which is a little bit off but not you know not rock it out of the ballpark yeah uh, and then the other thing is, is of course, to have a set and setting surroundings when you're consuming cannabis, either among people or among, you know, um, good music, um, where you're comfortable. Um, and if you're not feeling, you know, super anxious, even if you're feeling anxious inside, you can help calm yourself down with, you know, nice lighting, nice mood setting, whatever.
0: Yes, definitely. Like in the first few years that I started experimenting oh. with cannabis, uh, I was getting super anxious, like every time I smoked or, you know, did anything and now I realize it was because I was in the wrong setting. I would be outside with my friends, like running around. like, <laughs> And then my brain would go like, oh, what if my mom texts me? Like all this stuff. So, <laughs> so definitely the best advice would be to yeah, be in, in your home, <laughs> somewhere where you won't be bothered in a safe place. You don't have like 300 friends around you. And you're wondering if they think you're too high. Like, Be with friends that you're not, you know, scared to be like weird around or something Mm -hmm. because then your brain will just like start making stuff up and plus i feel like once your body gets more used to thc the less you'll get anxious less you'll get paranoid because you know what's happening inside you and you're like oh i'm I'm just high like (laughs) Mm -hmm. no one cares no one no one thinks no one's thinking of me so yeah that definitely helps so i heard that cbd can counteract the high if you get you know, have too much THC in your system. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it's true. Um, it's um, not a slam dunk for everybody um, because it depends a little bit on, you know, how tolerant you are of THC, um, how much you had, what the method was. Um, but if you think about um, the effects of cannabis is happening at your receptors. So THC kind of floats around your bloodstream and hits receptors, which are the right shape to match THC. Um, And sometimes they hang on for a while and sometimes there's a lot of THC coming on and there's a lot of receptors that have, you know, full of THC. Um, CBD has the power to knock THC off. Um, Mm -hmm. The shape of the molecule either elbows out THC from the receptor or binds somewhere else and kind of pushes THC off. Um, (laughs) And, you know, if you have less THC binding, you have less effects from the THC. Um, There are a couple other things that do that too. Um, Beta-caryophylline. From cracked pepper, um, Mm -hmm. supposedly has the same kind of features. There are are a couple other terpenes that also have that effect. Um, Vitamin C, I think, actually is is very similar to THC in in shape. um, And sorry, CBD in shape. Actually, both of them, because they're basically the same shape. (laughs) Um, And then vitamin D. So there's there's a lot of research being done now on other um, compounds that are natural compounds which counteract the effects of THC. Um, You know, but you know, obviously what you can hear is, okay, vitamin C is, is pretty basic to human life and vitamin D is pretty essential to human life. Um, these things, including THC and CBD and vitamins are all kind of similar shapes and they act in similar ways in our body. Similarly, you know, fundamental processes.
0: It's very cool. So let's, let's talk about more about terpenes. Cause this is a big topic that I'm interested in. I just want to know like what terpenes are good for, you know, maybe even certain conditions. I know we need to do more research on that, but I saw that you did have a, you know, big written out list of Mm -hmm. the terpenes and what they can help with. So, uh, could you possibly list some of those out for us?
1: Well, I, am not going to list, but I will give people access to the list. You know, (laughs) my website, you know, has all that stuff written out. It's just, it's boring. It's like reading a dictionary. Um, my website, cedclinic.com, um, has a wealth of resources. I don't charge for anything on there um you know believe it or not we have the world's largest library of cannabis publications um so for people that want the real deal um anything that's get that's getting published um I, you know i put on there um it's it's just an amazing resource where you can search it, i mean if you just google search you're going to find you know documents at a thousand different locations and okay that's nice to have and maybe you have access to them maybe you don't but you have to search a thousand different locations right. for those papers The seed library is one location. You can actually search in all of those different documents at the same time. So it's not just searching for titles. It's searching within those documents to find the information you want. Yeah, it's it's an amazing resource. Um, That's awesome. And I'm also going to break it down in in the book that's coming out. Um, You know, I have a whole section where I'm just literally throwing the names of the terpenes, what temperatures they can come out of the flower at. So if you have a vaporizer, you can actually pull them off intentionally. Um, and then what they're doing, you know, for people, you know, with different illnesses.
0: Yeah. Cause I was, I was, I was thinking about this, like terpenes are probably more fresh in the, in vaporizers because they're not getting burned off when you're combusting the flower. Yeah, I
1: mean, combustion is, is, is a ridiculous thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if if someone gives you a plate of, of really freshly cut spinach, <laughs> uh, who's really going to spark that up? Like, why would you be smoking spinach? or a beautifully, you know, like a beautifully fresh picked group of strawberries or broccoli, why would you burn that up? Like that's (laughs) crazy, right? Like why, why would we do that with cannabis? It it just doesn't make sense. It's it's, it is obviously the way everybody has been doing it for thousands of years. Um, but the real juicy stuff, the good stuff about cannabis comes off. If you just know the temperatures where stuff will come off of the plant into your body. Um, and that's basic chemistry. And that's, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm trying to lay out for everybody.
0: Yeah. No, that's really cool. Like I was, I'm not going to expose myself, but I'm doing a little business research myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's cool. So going off of that um, I saw that you work with kids who have autism and this was very interesting to me. How can cannabis help with that?
1: Yeah, no, this is one of the cutting edge um, areas of cannabinoid science. Um, Sanjay Gupta has tried to shed some light on it with, you know, CNN, um, Show um, you know, but I've been I've been taking care of these kids for a long time, um, and they respond miraculously well. I mean, it's really astounding. There's a a news piece I did um, with one of my patients. Um, this was a young boy um, who's not unique actually. There are a few of them um, where they don't they don't talk very much. You know, one of the things about young kids with with autism spectrum disorder um, is that some of them don't have um, the same communication skills that that neurotypical people do. Um, and in a couple of cases of, of the young boys and girls that I see, um, they haven't been verbal. They don't say anything, um, no words. Um, and then, you know, one, one kid in particular, um, I think it was six or seven years that this child hadn't spoken. Um, and then within 10 days of our cannabis regimen was starting to talk to mom. Um, you know, the words were there and was sort of communicating with the mother that, that you know, he was afraid of the dark. Um, wow. and that was partly why at nighttime he wasn't sleeping. he was so scared that he was having kind of tizzy fits at night mm-hmm. um, and you know, just took whatever whatever was lighting up, whether it's the anti-inflammatory properties, um whether it's you know the basic chemistry of cannabis in this child's brain, um, you know it was really nothing short of miraculous for the family.
0: Wow, I'm shocked. I've never heard of that. that it's crazy. Wow. I'm, I'm so excited for the future of this plant, like just the stuff we're going to discover. It really blows my mind. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's mind blowing stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, nobody has any idea like the, the pediatric autism community, um, is starting to hear about it through, you know, vocal moms and Facebook groups and stuff. It's all a, a grassroots movement. You know, the doctors are not being taught this stuff in medical school. Um, it. it doctors are only going to find out about it. You know, if their patients are telling them, Hey, I'm curious about this, you know, can you help me find something that's going to work or at least explore it?
0: Yeah. Because like, I know that, you know, the whole U S where everyone has been brainwashed that like cannabis, like kills all of our brain cells and like, all this stuff. <laughs> like, and now we're finding out that it can help these kids talk who haven't talked in six to seven years. Like, what can I actually do to our brains? You know, what have they been telling us? Like that's, that's scary.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's scary for a lot of reasons. It's, you know, it's scary because, you know, who do we trust if, you know, we can't trust the culture, but you know, even more scary is, is some of those um, messages, the, the, the message against cannabis were, were concocted by politicians um, and people in power trying to become reelected or trying to, you know, make people vote a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't for scientific reasons, and, and actually, to the to the contrary, um, in the Nixon era, um, he commissioned what was called the Schaefer Report, um, and the report, from his perspective, was to show all these terrible things about cannabis, how uh, it was hurting people and making people dumb, and and, and actually, the, the report came back a hundred percent the opposite. Yeah. you know, absolutely amazing plant that was helping people. It was a really good thing to invest in and learn learn more about. Um, and he he Nixon had the had the report um, destroyed yeah as, as best as he could um, but anyway this is it's been a social political agenda against cannabis for, for decades
0: yeah um, I I just made a episode with my friend about you know cannabis history and there was so much written down but we tried to like condense it as best as we could <laughs> but uh, yeah it I read a bunch of stuff how you know even the military was testing cannabis and they were trying to do Everything to find bad stuff about it, but everything kept coming back like, "Oh, this is really safe. <laughs> this is really good, actually." Yeah. And they would just try to get rid of all of it. And you know, it's all because of like racism and money. That's pretty much what I came down to. Like, it's actually so sad, you know. Really, what this country is doing, you know, it's yeah. just getting worse and worse. But yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, anyway, <laughs> and 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 you know, on the optimism, uh, on the optimistic side of things, you know, cannabis. Is not just a medicinal value. It, it has you know value to make clothing, it has value to make plastic, yes. to make um houses. Food. Houses, sure.
0: Yeah, hemp um, like though, oh my gosh. It's mm-hmm. crazy. F- food, fuel, and fiber. That's what I remember. <laughs> so going back to the oh, smoking thing, I really wanted to ask you this question. Is there a way for people to try to keep their lungs healthy when they're smoking?
1: So smoke, smoke comes from, from flame, obviously, when you're burning something and and temperature of flame is close to 10 times the ceiling of any temperature you need to bring cannabis into the air and, you know, then into your body. Um, So if you think about like you boil water at 212 Fahrenheit, you know, there's not too much reason to boil water at 2000 degrees. (laughs)
0: Like
1: that's, that's a little bit much. And, And what happens when you do that is you get stuff that you weren't expecting. So you get changes in the, in, in, in the chemistry of cannabis. Um, molecules, when you heat them up, um, do change. Um, and they can change from good things to bad things. They can change from bad things to good things too. Um, but most of cannabis starts out pretty good. It's, it's a natural product you know, grown from the earth. When you add massive amounts of heat, one thing you do is mutate compounds. Um, and some of the things that the cannabis shape can mutate into are bad or toxins. Um, benzene, for example, people have heard about is this bad thing. It's mm-hmm. cannabis is made of a benzene ring. Um, so it's very closely aligned. Um, another option um, is you can create things like toluene or naphthalene. These are just chemistry that you don't want in your body, so yeah. punchline. Um, so it's really too hot um, and one of the other things that happens when you're smoking is because cannabis is mostly waxy stuff. Um, you have, you know, delicious chemistry, the cannabinoids and terpenes that are kind of surrounded in little wax beads or balls. Um, when you heat that stuff up, you get globules of wax, mm. um, and globules of wax also known as tar. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you think about tar that we, Make streets with you're you're mixing rocks and tar and it hardens and it's mm. black and nasty and you don't want that in your body. Right, um, that's the stuff actually that gets on your clothing, that gets on your teeth, that smells. Um, so when you're smoking cannabis, the reason it smells is actually the the tar that's come into the air and gets all over your body. Mm. Um, and some of that tar sticks in your lungs for a really long time, if if not forever. Um, and and some of that um, some of that combustion process also creates ash. You know, just like when you're burning a wood stove or, you know, burning a log fire, um, logs that burn or plants that burn create ashes. Um, ashes, elemental carbon, um, which also can get into your lungs and you don't want it there. Um, Yum. <laughs> so n- not to create this horror, horror show of a reality. No, but
0: no, um, but this is what everyone needs to know if they're, you know, cannabis consumers. They really need to know what they're putting in their body, like all of us,
1: you know? Right, right. And, and, yeah. and to be totally fair, you know, we have accepted some risk living in a city, you know, the, the engines that run the cars that are all around us are generally combustion engines, they're burning fuel, creating toxins, which we're breathing, and which right. lean down on our cities. Um, so to some extent it's, it's really unavoidable part of modern history. Uh, but you do have a choice to like put that right into your lungs or not, um, right. really unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously my, my suggestion for people is to avoid smoking at all costs. Um, but there are things about smoking that are just difficult to achieve with other methods. Um, so it's not like, you know, the people that smoke are all nuts Yeah, <laughs> there's something beneficial there that they're not getting from other things. Um, but that again, takes education information and learning, you know, to be able to explore something else that might work.
0: So do you believe vaping is a better option?
1: Yeah. So vaping has a terrible name, you know, because of the people yeah. that died not too recently. Um, yeah. and, and the, the vape gate stuff really unfortunately had to do with, Mostly people cooking cannabis, making cannabis into into you know thick concentrates at home. Um, mm. You know these people who are making it at home would look up ingredients that seemed like they were okay to breathe in, but turned out yeah they weren't so okay, and they were they were really hurting people. Um, stuff that was made from legitimate dispensaries, regulated dispensaries, you know that's not causing the lung diseases that um, that were common and now associated with vaping. So vaping is really breaking down to flower vaping, where you're heating up flower to low temperatures and bring that into your body or concentrate vaping, where you're, you're kind of taking just the essence of, of cannabis, you know, putting it into a a pen or maybe your own device and then heating that up. Um, It's much more potent. It's like the espresso version and the, you know, watery coffee version.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) That So, but for like the effects on your lungs, do you believe it has less of like, you know, I, you said you ingest like car and all of that with you know regular smoking what about with vaping
1: um so there's a little bit you know it depends what you're vaping um Mm -hmm. you know vape pens are really common these cartridges um, are basically a a thin metal plate which touches concentrate and it's it's kind of heating up really hot right on contact and you do get some small amount of combustion there but you're Mm -hmm. also heating up the kind of pool of concentrate to reasonably low temperatures and that stuff comes off too Um, So you're getting a small amount of combustion, but really nothing compared to smoking. Mm. Um, And you're also getting a density, like a dense cloud of stuff, which is pretty powerful. And that's mostly what people want. You know, people who are consuming cannabis want a thick effect. They don't want to spend a lot of time. It's a very efficient way of consuming, Um, but it is a lot. Um, And, you know, anything that comes into your body um, that is processable um, and carbon the ash that you breathe from combustion is not processable. Your body swallows that up and doesn't really know what to do with it because it's an element. Mm. You can't really get rid of that. So that's why it gets stuck in your lungs. Um, Cannabis is a complex molecule and a lot of cannabis, the concentrate that people inhale vaping can be broken down, um, but it takes time. Um, So someone who's vaping all the time, you know, might have concerns related to that density or that amount of consuming, um, but it's nowhere near the damage and, and risk of combustion
0: narcotic it, on got it. So is there things we can do besides avoiding smoke? Like for someone who is going to smoke, no matter what, are there any practices like lung, some kind of lung exercises, or maybe some, I don't know, herbs, supplements that they can take to help their lungs stay somewhat healthy?
1: Um, it's a great question. There isn't much that I have to answer. Um, I, I'm sure that there are things which people can do. Um, mostly it's going to be At least taking breaks. Um, And the body really knows what it needs to do. It has all the right equipment to clean itself out. Um, If we're constantly sort of putting stuff in to try to get rid of things, like then what something has to get rid of that cleaning agent? Mm. You know, there's there's sort of, there's lots of um, stuff that we can do, but sometimes just time and space is best.
0: Yeah. So good tolerance breaks. Mm. So, what are some warning signs that your body is becoming too dependent? on cannabis and what can you do to make sure you have a healthy relationship with it?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a complicated question, but a a really good (laughs) one. Um, you know, people confuse dependence with addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are dependent on glasses. I, I like seeing clearly, um, is this a problem that I'm seeing clearly? Not really. Um, you know, people are dependent on clothing, you know, thankfully, um, But I don't know if that's a problem. Um, Similarly, if someone's not sleeping well, or if they're super anxious all the time, or they're in chronic pain, consuming cannabis on a regular basis, which gives them relief, not necessarily a problem. Hmm. Um, It becomes a problem when someone is spending more money on cannabis than they can afford, or Hmm. spending more time consuming cannabis or feeling comfortable time than they really have you know maybe they're sacrificing social relationships or their job or not learning as much in school Um, so when things start becoming dysfunctional or or damaging in some way you know and for everybody that's a little bit different Um, so it's not really kind of one one size fits all Um, but dependence is not necessarily a bad thing uh, but when it starts causing harm then it's a problem Um, and there are plenty of ways to to kind of ratchet back someone's cannabis use to help them unwind to help them figure out kind of a more satisfying dose that's not tipping them over into hurtful space Mm -hmm. but that usually requires guidance and some help
0: yeah because i know a lot of people who like you know they need to ingest cannabis to even eat and i feel like that that's when it gets a little scary because if you can already eat before ingesting cannabis and then you always need cannabis before ingesting like I don't know. To me, that would seem like a slight problem.
1: (laughs) It might be, except, except there are people who like, you know, don't have a sense of taste or don't have an appetite. Mm. It actually does give them that appetite. Um, That's true. Especially people, you know, at the end of their lives or who have, you know, kind of end stage cancer, that's very common for them to lose appetite. Um, Right. But maybe they want to to live to, you know, sort of see their daughter's wedding or something. Um, You know, cannabis can be a choice which gives them appetite enough to hold them over and, kind of achieve good things. Um, Yeah, it's not always cut and dry.
0: Yeah, that's it matters on the person for sure. (laughs) So how do you see the future of cannabis care? And what do you hope changes within Western medicine?
1: It's funny, you should ask. So (laughs) I actually have a company um, where I'm trying to design the future of cannabis care myself, I think, and putting myself out of business at the same time. Um, So I think you know, most people, especially through the pandemic, have realized that digital care is is where it's at. We're, we're not going to go back to the same kind of medicine we used to practice mm-hmm. or things that you can see a doctor over a video camera or call a doctor up. Um, you don't you don't have to waste your time waiting three months to see someone. There's right. um, so some some form of digital digital care, I think, is is where the future of, of cannabis care is, too. Um, and also, you know, there's an interesting problem now, which we were talking about before where doctors aren't well-educated about cannabis. They don't know what works. They don't know how to recommend cannabis to people. So putting something between a doctor and a patient to help the doctor understand what they're doing, how to recommend things, what's working, what's not working. And then on the patient side, helping them kind of engage with cannabis in a guided way an educated way that's knowledgeable about their preferences and their desires and what's available locally. That stuff in between, is the company I've, I've helped build, which is called EO Care. Um, and EO is going to be, well, already is a digital platform um, that guides patients with decisions. It guides doc guides doctors with decisions. Um, and it acts as a sort of um, an, an interface between the two um, to help everybody get the best out of it.
0: Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> Do you believe that they're going to like, you know, educate more doctors on cannabis or do you think it's just going to be their personal choice?
1: <laughs> ah, it's a tough question. Um, you know, I've reached out to medical schools trying to help doctors learn and I've been rebuffed. Um, you know, and, and my interests are only um altruistic. I'm trying to help these people learn or at least learn that this is a meaningful to patients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, medical schools are still part of the system, and the system is still pretty anti-cannabis, although it's it's being forced to pay attention by patients. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, for right now, I recommend that patients um, who are interested in cannabis talk to their doctors. Um, You know, of course I recommend doctors to to look up from their books, look up from their patients, learn a little bit more about cannabis. Um, You know, hopefully um, people will pick up my book and and learn a little bit there. but I don't think cannabis will be part of mainstream medical education for a few years because the doctors who would be teaching that stuff are not even aware.
0: Right. And they're too busy and burnt out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a few years behind now, but, but the opportunity for those of us that are alive and kicking, (laughs) you know, this is a really awesome revolutionary time where they can play a part in making this part of the future.
0: Yes, definitely. So where can people reach you to, get their own med card, consultation, get in contact, you know, find all your stuff.
1: <laughs> sure. So so I, you were right before, I'm I'm in Massachusetts. Um, so people that want access in Massachusetts can certainly reach out to me, but I'm, I'm actually jumping lots of different states very soon. See, Clinic is already in Florida, um, is coming to the other states very soon. Um, EO will be national soon. Um, people that want to reach me directly, I'm, you know, all over social media. So Twitter, I'm at Dr. Kaplan, D-R-C-A-P-L-E-N. Um, on Instagram, I'm at uh, Dr. Benjamin Kaplan, D-R Benjamin Kaplan with a C, C A P L A N, um, and then my website's you know front and center for me has all the resources, all the access, and that's cedclinic.com.
0: Awesome, and I'll definitely list all of that in the description of this episode. And before we end it off. Do not forget to pick up some goods from Happy Valley when you want to unlock the premium cannabis experience. Visit the Happy Valley store in East Boston today to get 20% off a single accessory with the promo code DOPE. Thank you so much, doctor, for spending the time to be here today and sharing all your knowledge. I'm so excited for your book to come out and everything. You're doing amazing things. Thank you.
1: Thanks a lot. I appreciate the time.
0: Thank you so much. by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of cannabis podcasters right here on PodConX and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.